Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Monday the 9th of August. How the flipping heck did that happen? Pete Donaldson with you on the Luke and Pete Short. Luke is uh, still away, so I'm joined by... Who have we got from the Stakhanov Extended Marvel Universe? It's Chris Broad from Abroad in Japan. I've killed Luke. We've killed Luke and now you are back. This is your second appearance on the uh, on the old Luke and Pete show. Uh, are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you confused? Are you tired? <laughs> you know absolutely no one else was available when you have to call me and Pete 8,000 hey, miles look. away on the far side of the world. It must be desperate today. I've got my, I had my, I sent some uh, microphone equipment to my dad. Uh, I was going to have my dad on the show, but it's not <laughs> arrived yet. So we'll see how that one uh, pans out. Oh. So maybe maybe ne- the next show will be me and my dad having a chat for half an That'd hour. Be good. Um, have you ever done that? Have <laughs> you ever had him on a show before? We, we've had him on a couple of shows. He's quite nervous about it just because he doesn't want people knowing where he lives, etc. But I mean, people can find you, dad. People can find you these days. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's nothing weird. You know, Presumably you, 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 somewhere in Hartlepool. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I just think he thinks that um, someone's going to lay a claim, knowing my dad's checkered past, that someone's going to lay a claim to my dad's hundred grand Hartlepool mansion <laughs> that he's got, <laughs> that will no doubt be oh. sold to look after my mum in her dotage. So, uh, yeah, Bless uh, you know, she, she, know, she knows full well how this is going to work. We're not going to be inheriting <laughs> anything by the end of that, so don't worry oh. about it, you big idiot. <laughs> what a legend what a so great yes um, we've had Vish uh, Patrician Andraja from uh, the Football Ramble he's been in Tokyo for the Olympics reporting on well what I like about the Olympics Chris is that like it's kind of like a grab bag of like it's like it's like, it's like omakase it's like uh, the, the chef's choice it's like it's it's like a tasting menu of, of, of sporting events it's just kind of like the, the, you know one day you'd be watching cycling then it's fencing then it's you know skateboarding then it's like hurling it's, I, don't, I don't know whether hurling's in the olympics but either way like i it's so like i never get into olympics until the olympics are on and i'm like oh i understand why this is cool because it's a different event every single time have you managed to watch any of it because at the end of the day you are in japan you're on the right time zone Absolutely. so you should be able to have consumed some of it at least i have watched only a five second clip of the opening ceremony where there was a cool display with drones and that right. is about it and I, I feel Chris. a sense of guilt, but then it's I don't have a TV, and that is how you watch the Olympics, isn't it? TV, <laughs> you don't have a TV. What is the what is the TV licensing situation in Japan? Because does NHK, the uh, the uh, national uh, broadcaster, very much mm. like our BBC, mm. is there a is there a um, TV license sort of situation in, in in the land of the the rising TV licenses? Yeah, there is. I think you've got to pay like 120 quid a year. But it's really, right. it's like the BBC in the sense that nobody, a lot of people don't pay it. So what happens right. is once you plugged in the TV, every now and then you'll hear a knock on the door and it'll be the NHK man or woman, mainly men though. Right. And they'll try and pry oh, their way in to see if you've got a TV. And if right. you've got a TV, you typically have to pay it, whether you've got it plugged in or not. 
And uh, ah. I always say, I, I always go, oh, I, no Japanese, understand, oh, no, I no, have <laughs> no, to go now, bye-bye. Oh, foreigners get away with so much bullshit in Japan, it's a disgrace. It is, and I'm just <laughs> as bad as anyone. But no, I, I, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't watch TV. I think if I did watch TV, I would be ethical. I might pay it. I might, I might pay the fee. But until that day, <laughs> oh, I do have a no, TV, Japanese. to be clear. I do have a oh. TV. It's just not plugged into the aerial, so I don't. But the, need to but pay the it. thing, the thing is, Chris, like the thing with Japanese houses is that they're really small. So from the front door, the the the, the TV license NHK <laughs> man can probably sort of go. It probably probably can. see from the doorway that you, you're clearly watching match of the day or whatever the Japanese equivalent is. <laughs> I keep the door very. So if when I open it, it's very very short distance. They're not coming in. They're not seeing the TV, <laughs> and I'm not paying the NHK. Fee. But no, I, I do feel a sense of guilt for not watching the Olympics. Obviously, it's been a big part of my entire nine years in Japan. Like every minute of every day for the last nine years, yeah. all I've heard is, oh, the Olympics are coming. Oh, the Olympics are coming. Oh, COVID's ruined it. But we still got it on. And it's delayed the other year. And now it's on. But <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think it went well. From what I understand, it's gone well, though. And there was a lot of, uh, like a lot of people weren't happy about the Olympics. Before the Olympics, mm. most people didn't want it. But I think now it's over and done with. Most people are kind of just glad that it took place, given that mm. it cost an awful lot of money, uh, and they nearly lost it all. Any update? There was money. a man who was on hunger strike outside. Um, yeah, yeah. I think some some stadium. He was uh, he he was a bit. Um, it, was, it all got a bit fathers for justice sort of thing, where um, yeah. dads who didn't have rights to his uh, to, mm. to access his kids. Uh, he was uh, appealing to um, the, the French premier. Uh, you know, during the Olympics, because mm. uh, he knew that the eyes of the world will be on him, and he was uh, he was conducting. I think he chained himself to one of the stadiums, and he was uh, refusing to eat food until he had access to his kids. Um, any, yeah. any further news on that? Is it or has it just all gone a bit quiet? I haven't really kept up on what happened there. I do know it, it, that news story like overshadowed the Olympics before it was taking place. Really, and right? You, you know, um, in Japan. When you get divorced or break up, the the mother always has custody. It's not like mm. a a split custody thing, unless you mm. get your mother to the mother to cooperate. Mm. In that case, I think he his wife took his kid away from him. He didn't see his kid since, and um, it's a big problem, like uh, abductions mm. for people who are in mixed relationships with a Japanese man or woman. Uh, they often just whisk them away back to Japan. They don't get to see him again. And so he was contesting that that uh, his wife had taken his kid away from him. Um, and a lot of Japanese parents actually supported him and sort of travelled from across the country to cheer him on and sort of talk to him and tell their stories because it's also happened to them as well. A lot of uh, mm. Japanese fathers have had their kids abducted and taken away and uh, they haven't seen them either. So, yeah, it was a pretty big issue that it brought light to it. Whether it's going to have any changes or impact remains to be seen, though. I'm not overly mm. optimistic, unfortunately. Well, it was it was quite interesting getting because uh, you know I, I absolutely bombed Japan, love that place, and uh, <laughs> we had Vish on on the show, and he's kind of like been ferried back and forth from his hotel to the to mm. wherever he was, like the kind of like um, the big the big hall he says uh, right. in, in Tokyo, and um, it was quite interesting to sort of get his take on like the Seven Elevens because that was the only sort of bit of the the, the, the <laughs> pie he was allowed to enjoy. He just texted us like earlier on today, sort of saying, oh, "I really wish I'd been able to experience a bit more of it because uh, he just didn't have the time." Or, or energy, to be honest, after covering <laughs> about a million different Olympic events uh, in, in Japan. And so, um, yeah, I, I really wanted him to, you know, like in the 7-Eleven, 
Um, mm. we, we talk a lot on, on the show, uh, or we have recently for some bloody reason, um, about, you know, in like shitty shops in the UK, um, you know, your, your, your kind of pound shops, you will occasionally get like a little cardboard cutout of a policeman uh, stuck to the window uh, at the front door, uh, basically saying, we prosecute shoplifters. We've got our, our eye on you, et cetera, et cetera. And apparently mm. it does have a weird psychological effect on um, shrinkage or, or shoplifting. It, it doesn't happen quite huh. as often in stores that have those cardboard cutouts of policemen, which is hilarious. Um, but the big, the big wow. uh, crime, the crime detection uh, facility, the crime detection um, sort of technique in um, the Konbini, the convenience stores in Japan, are those little orange balls. Chris, you love those I love balls. I love those little orange oh, balls, little glass uh, spheres filled with luminous orange paint, and they are always behind the um, behind the the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the teller uh, behind the behind the till in, um, in 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 these Japanese convenience stores. And if someone steals something, you're supposed to pick up these orange inky balls and you're meant to throw it at the feet of the uh, aggressor the feet of the <laughs> shoplifter um and they get covered in this uh, indelible um orange ink uh, which is really, you just cannot wash it off for love no money just uh, take your shoes off and you're able and then you're able to get fingered at a later date that you've that you've been stealing from a from a shop i just i want to live my life to a ripe old age and then go to Japan and then just grab one of those balls <laughs> and bite into it. Just bite into the glass and the plastic and the ink and oh, thought, it, would, it would like a forbidden apple. I thought you were going to come to Japan as an, in your old age and commit robbery Do and then see if you could play like a, an exciting <laughs> game of dodgeball and dodge the ball. Like how many people, yes. realistically, you've got to make a quick snap judgment if you think someone's stolen something, right? And they're edging the yeah. way towards the door. You got to be like shit. I've got to throw the ball now. It's now or never. Because the once they're out the door, yeah, you, you know you're not going to chase them down the street. And I mean, what you're going to lose? Pack a pack of cigarettes weapon. or a bottle of booze or something, and then you're going to spend the rest of the day cleaning up ink in your shop in your store. It's it's not a win win, is it really? <laughs> it's a, I I know. I feel like it's a pretty flawed device, but I mm. suspect it's more the uh, the fear of being struck by the orange bull. <laughs> <laughs> than the actual ramifications of being struck by the orange bull. I don't know what it's called though. I need to look it up. Yeah, orangey ball. Naughty, orangey ball. Orangey ball. Naughty orangey ball. Well, orange um, bull in Japanese would be orangey ball, but there's no way it's that. Oh, is no, it orange orangey? Is it? Wow. Orangey. Is that the Dutch influence? Orangey. Oh, yeah. Influent. Oh, and ball. Interesting. Orange ball. Well, that was that. That Take was that. easy. <laughs> Japanese language knowledge in the Lee and Pete Shay. That's why I played the party. Or so, orange um, big news, Chris. Uh, I, I don't like to sugarcoat it. Um, Lake Tahoe in America. Um, the officials have closed part of it. Big lake, one of the biggest in the US, um, because uh, some chipmunks have tested positive for for the plague. The actual the plague. fucking plague. Oh, fuck the sake. plague. They're closing it. They're closing off half the parking areas, half the visitor center because, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of chipmunks with bloody with bloody the plague. It's awful, awful. Can't be much worse than COVID, can it? Though I mean, the COVID's basically the fucking plague anyway. Well, like... well, and I, I think nowadays it can be treated by antibiotics. I just think it's a very really unwelcome development <laughs> that parts of the US still get the fucking plague through chipmunks and rodent rodentia. <laughs> it's not right. I don't like it. It's an infectious bacterial disease that tends to yeah. be spread by chipmunks. Crikey! What 
could you kind of like you know you're walking about and you know japan's very health conscious they've they've had masks mm. for a lot longer than we've been using them um could you would you want to get away with having the plague how would you disguise the fact that you clearly have the plague <laughs> you <got> balaclava <laughs> a hat <laughs> I don't fucking. I I don't know. I'd probably lock myself in a shed in the mountains of North Japan and just sit there right. for a week, or however long <laughs> it takes for the plague to disappear. Like, and and I mean, that's the least of your worries in the Japanese countryside. We've got wild boars that are incredibly violent. Mm. We've got monkeys. We've got bears. Like, I mean, <laughs> plague is the least of my worries. If I had to choose between chipmunks, you've got centipedes. I mean, if I had to choose between chipmunk with the plague. Or a bear. I'm choosing bear. <laughs> I'm choosing because I can outrun that. There was a cool um, video of a bear. I don't know where it was. I believe it was the US. Uh, this big fucking chonky bear walking down the street, uh, walking down this kind of like country path. And this guy was like with like a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of uh, younger people in him. And he was just going, hello, bear. How are you doing, bear? You okay, bear? <laughs> Goodbye, bear, as the bear walked past. Because, you know, in, in the rural um, Japanese countryside, am I right in saying that um, bears don't like to be surprised so that tour guides and people who sort of work in, mm. in, out in the sticks in, in Japan, they carry little bells and they just yeah, ring the it. Bear so bell. Yeah, yeah the bear bell. bell. So yeah. the bear hears something coming from miles away uh, and so it's not surprised that you turning into their road and just sort of being like, you know, they just don't like to be startled. They're not going to eat you, but they just don't like to be startled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the there's two kinds of bears in Japan, black bear, brown bear. Black bears are kind of small, they don't eat humans, they'll just mess you up if you surprise them, just pop out around the corner. But, right. uh, brown bears, they will eat you, they'll eat your face. And there was one recently that took on like an entire military base in Hokkaido, straight out of like a 1980s <laughs> style horror film. Yeah. It's like, took on a military base. He was shot, I don't think he survived, but uh, right. brown bears, don't go to Hokkaido. <laughs> uh, Be vigilant. Like a, sounds like a character, it probably is a character from bloody uh, Tekken, isn't it? There was a big bear in that game, wasn't there? There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it reminds me of uh, Melon Bear, the, uh, the iconic the iconic mascot character of Hokkaido. He's disgusting, the, I hate him the, so much. The 200, there's like $200, $200 melons, right, in Hokkaido. Mm. And uh, the town of Ibari that makes them decided they wanted to make a mascot. And what they did is they just got a bear, but it's got a melon for a head with the mouth of a bear. And it's <laughs> fucking terrifying. And uh, every now and then they like get someone to dress up as melon bear and terrorize an entire school. And there's some great videos <laughs> online of children sitting in a room being terrorized by melon bear. Quality entertainment, but the, but the worst thing is like melon bears, like <laughs> melon his bear. skin, like his head is isn't his head like a melon, but it's kind of peeled so to to reveal the red flesh underneath in some pictures, <laughs> yeah. some depictions of melon bear. It's, it's horrible. horrible, Chris. Horrible. It's horrible. And the, and the origin story is so unimaginative. Apparently, a bear, a rogue bear, walked into a, a melon farm, ate some melons because they were so delicious. And then he turned into Melon Bear. It's not exactly Godzilla origin story <laughs> level, is it? But it's the thought that counts. Orangey ball. Melon Bear. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> That'll be, be the next ball, mascot. Man. I'm going to walk into Seven Eleven and just crunch <laughs> down on those beautiful glossy orbs. Uh, right, we're going to check a shot out of a toilet. So, John, at the shot break, we'll be back with, uh, well, all kinds of stuff, to be quite frank. Uh, your news, your emails, your dispatches. Uh, we'll see you soon. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're back with a little bit of Luke and Pete Show. We're talking melons. We are talking, what's his first email about? Sandwiches. Uh, Chris, do you mind if I uh, kick things off with Simon's email? He's from Adelaide in Australia. Sure. Hi, guys. Thanks. Many moons ago, my sister was moved out of our childhood home. When we moved her wardrobe, we were greeted with a black sandwich firmly stuck halfway up the wall. Oh. I'm not sure an untouched sandwich wrapped in cling, cling wrap would last, but I'd like to assume it may have been there for years. Lucky my parents were already planning on painting the room. Kind regards, <laughs> Simon from Adelaide. Black sandwich, You've... Simon. You, you, I mean, I guess you haven't moved in a little while, but um, have you, like, when you move house, have you ever sort of found something that you just didn't remember was there, like an old, a dirty old toenail, a dirty toenail collection underneath your bed, or, oh, or something really unpalatable? Uh, I remember. That you didn't know you had. I was cleaning out my car once and I found a McDonald's French fry from like two years ago that was perfectly, <laughs> looked like it had been cooked last Tuesday. Like it looked, it looked, it's it's creepy. Perfect. It kind of put me off McDonald's yeah. for a few weeks before I, I decided exactly I the still same like McDonald's. As well. I didn't eat it though. I didn't go that far. Right. But like, it's okay. kind of creepy, isn't it? How McDonald's fries are so riddled with chemicals that they can last eternity. I've got to be the That's last thing bit. on earth. I mean, I guess if you, yeah, but even if you cooked it from home, I mean, what is it really? I mean, I guess the the oil would insulate it from uh, so it's cooked. So the the the, the, the carb, like you know, so it's it's <laughs> covered in kind of like a a tough outer carbonated shell, uh, and it's oily. So that would presumably uh, kind of restrict it from 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 getting any kind of uh, you know enzymes and uh, and. and, <laughs> and 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 stuff from the outside. So I, I'd say anything greasy is probably pretty uh, is probably pretty good for to you know to, to look good for, for years to come. But it is fascinating that they're like the Mac the Mackey D's the uh, it's, the um, Big Macs uh, last for absolutely ages in the wild. It's a uh, it's a, a Tom Scott video waiting to happen, isn't it? Investigation into <laughs> McDonald's food. Um, oh, I love Tom Scott. He's great. He's a good lad, isn't he? he his, some of his work where he just looks down the lens of a camera and just does a fucking monologue. He is one of the best at that. He is absolutely King monologue. He will do. He will bash out something like five pages of text with technical details, dates, numbers, stats, and he'll do it beautifully while he's just strolling around he's such an intelligent um presenter and he, he you know he, i'm sure he doesn't care whether he's on television or not but he's the sort of talent that should really be utilized on uh, on, on british television certainly i think he's above british television pete he's tom he scott he's, he's the king of tom youtube scott. and he's got a nice northern <laughs> voice i don't know whereabouts he's from but he's got a lovely accent it's not he as good as yours has. though 
No, good. Uh, well, uh, there's another Chris in our in our parish, uh, and it's Chris who has uh, has got in touch on the email. Hello, LukePeteShort.com. Evening, chaps. Your recent chat about cardboard police officers, and we were chatting earlier on the show, uh, reminded me of a local news frenzy from about 10 years ago. To act as a deterrent for wannabe uh, shoplifters, the Sainsbury's local in our village recruited the services of PC Bob. Presumably, Bob was a graduate of South Yorkshire Police's cardboard division. It was a cardboard cutout of a policeman. Anyway, within a week of taking up the role, Bob himself was kidnapped. The local oh, press God. were amused by the distinct irony of the situation. However, a Sainsbury spokesman said, it is bizarre that someone would want to steal our cardboard copy PC Bob. We got used to having him around and hope he is returned in one piece. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, images of PC Bob began pop- popping up on Facebook. His kidnappers snapped him with cans of lager and cigarettes, and later at a full-blown house party. <laughs> ah, oh my God. Bob students. It's just students. Bob never t- returned to Sainsbury. I can only assume that he enjoyed his new surroundings too much or he uh, ran away with a cardboard basket lady from Boots. In 2010... Um, Manchester police uh, said that cardboard police officers had contributed to a 70% decline in shoplifting. Personally, I think their research must have been paper thin. Chris, that is the most succinctly, beautifully written uh, email we've had in about three years, I think it's fair to say. It, it started it well, is... it was short, it was succinct, it was precise, it was uh, concise, and it ended with a gag. Uh, look, it's got everything, that email. It's beautiful. It's a very British story where a crime has been committed, but it's like a fun crime. Like in fun Japan, crime. there's either no crime or horrendously bad, terrifyingly Stabbing, awful crime. It? Yeah, it's always stabbing. Yeah, nothing in between. Yeah. Like, this is just yeah. like... This is the sort of thing I would have done, to be fair. And it's lovely. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Uh, they, PC Bob's out there having the time of his life right now, I imagine. Mm, or he's in a bin yeah. somewhere around the back of a and q in Chiswick. <laughs> I don't know, you know. What do you think, though? Where is he? What do I think? What, what do you mean, where is he? I, I mean, he'll just, he will have got soggy. He will have fallen in the bath. <laughs> and so he'll be in a situation where like, we're like we can't return this. It's in an absolute bloody state. We're not having Definitely it. Definitely someone, someone came out of a, a pub slash nightclub and we're like, oh, let's yeah. take that, lads. <laughs> God. I miss doing hey, that. I miss doing that. I, 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 at university and stuff, did you sort of like collect like shite, like uh, bollards and stuff like that? I remember there was a fine collection in our university uh, sort of halls room, like every fucking university halls room. But uh, because they... Uh, because the, 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 the head of, I don't know, the warden or whatever who looks after the building found all of the these collected, uh, collected road signs and stuff. In From Shawshank. Yeah, a little bit. In the student common room. They, uh, they lock the student common room because if you can't be trusted to, uh, if you can't be trusted not to uh, collect a load of shit, uh, we're going to close down the student common room. <laughs> Even though nobody really liked the student common room. We just ate in our rooms anyway. The, the only problem was it had a vending machine in there. I really wanted a lilt at one point and I broke in. Oh, I got in so much trouble. The, the, the head of security at Dunmore University was going to throw me out. Uh, and I, uh, after only recently having uh, learnt, the, uh, learnt the word diktat uh, in A-level history, um, he was saying that you have to admit that you broke, you know, broke into the hall uh, common room. And I said, this is a diktat. I'm not, I'm not signing anything that says it was me. <laughs> Fuck you, copper. You'll never get me. And he was an ex-copper. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's why I'm a bad boy for life, Chris. That's why I'm a real original gangster. <laughs> You'll listen to the criminal exploits of Pete Donaldson. Exactly. exactly. In a parallel universe. In a parallel <laughs> universe, there is like a slightly more villainous Pete Donaldson who went down... Yep. 
and descended into a world of crime. And that was the genesis <laughs> of that moment, stealing things from a common room. We've got a uh, message, Chris, from... And there's a lot of Chris's on the show this afternoon, uh, or, or this evening, night, or whenever it? you're listening to the show, yeah. I mean, I guess it's evening for you. It's early afternoon for me. Um, Chris says, what's popping, El Luke and El Pete? Uh, the battery Tinko email search give me an idea for a new feature that will rely on little to no effort from you guys. Brilliant. Uh, each week... You choose a word to search the Luke and Pete email account and read out some snippets of the results. <laughs> Rehash quality content, and we'll bring up some good nostalgic content, plus surely some hilarious new emails that didn't make the cut before. If you want the, uh, if you want a first word to get started, I would suggest arse. So he wants me to go into the email box and search for the word arse. But what I'm going to do is, Chris, because we don't speak to you every week, can you choose a random word? We've sure. been doing this show for about three years now, I think. Um, so right. there'll be plenty of emails to choose from. Just pick any random right. word. I will type it in the hello at lukebeachshow.com email box, and let's see what emails we get, shall we? Easy. All right. The word is right. diktat. Well, it's not going to be in there, is it? Diktat. <laughs> no, we don't have any di- Oh, God. Well, you said any word. You said you've been doing this show right, 500 years. Any word years. that's not, not diktat. <laughs> oh, I suck the fun out of everything. It doesn't uh, drum up the, the breakdown of the Weimar Republic. <laughs> <laughs> the plague. The plague. Right, That's going to be in there, isn't plague, it? Plague, plague. So many think... messages about plague. Oh. So many messages about What about, about diktat? Plague. Are you sure there's no diktat? Diktat's not in there. There's a lot God of... Damn uh, it. There's a lot of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's have a look. Um, how do I get to the previous one? There we go. Okay, the uh, plague, 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 plague. When was the last time you spoke about the plague to generate emails or correspondence surrounding well, the plague? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, we used to do this feature called Mencarta, where it was just um, sort of stories about uh, daring do and adventure on the high seas and uh, beyond. Uh, Mark right. Trent got in touch back in 2017. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you get plenty of these Mencarta suggestions, but uh, if they're not deemed interesting enough for inclusion in your ever-expanding knowledge base, fair enough. And I believe we've never read any of this out, so there we go. Um, Regina versus Dudley and Stevens, 1884. On the 19th of May, 1884, we're going to end the show with this tale. An English yacht called the Minionette set sail, set sail from Southampton to Sydney. There were four people on board, the captain Tom Dudley, Edwin Stevens, Edmund Brooks, Richard Parker, the cabin boy as well. Uh, the yacht reached the Cape of Good Hope around the 5th of July and hit rough seas. And then the yacht sank within five minutes. All four crew members escaped via a lifeboat with two tins of turnips and no fresh water. The lifeboat was around 700 miles away from the nearest land. I mean, oh that God. is unnecessary. By the 13th of July, the crew had begun to drink their own piss. The turnips lasted until the 15th of, or 17th of July. In the meantime, the men had managed to catch and eat a sea turtle. It was around the 17th that discussions first took place about who would be sacrificed to sustain the others. Around the 20th of July, Parker became ill through drinking seawater. Never drink the seawater! Never drink it. That's all they always say. Never drink Classic the seawater. Within, within several days, it had fallen into a coma-like condition. By the 25th of July, Dudley, uh, aided by... Uh, oh, God. Uh, aided by Stevens, took his penknife and put it into Parker's uh, jugular, killing him. Brooks oh. appeared to have been a reluctant bystander. All three men fed upon Parker. Dudley is quoted as saying, I can assure you, 
I shall never forget the sight of my two unfortunate companions over that ghastly meal. We we, oh. we always like mad wolves who should get the most. And for, for men, fathers of children to commit such a deed, we could not have had our right reason. <laughs> well, you wouldn't anyway. Oh um, the crew were rescued by a German vessel on the 29th of July. Um, they went back to England. They were all very honest about what had happened. Uh, and they believed they'd, uh, they had cam- common maritime law on their side. Um, but they didn't. And they were both charged oh, no. with murder. Dudley and Stevens. Uh, despite oh, the court of public opinion siding with the men, uh, Daniel Parker, Richard Parker's eldest brother, forgave Dudley in open court and even shook hands with them. And they were found um, guilty. They were, they were given the death penalty. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the sentence was later reduced to six months imprisonment. So that, that's a pretty ah. good uh, step down from that. But uh, what became <laughs> of the men afterwards is a bit sketchy. But uh, Brooks returned to see why the hell he did that. I do not know. Uh, Stephen <laughs> settled in Southampton, turned to alcohol, and Dudley emigrated to Australia uh, and seemingly became the first victim of the bubonic plague that hit Sydney in 1900. Whoa. Incredible! Oh my God! Yeah, that poor so man. What? I don't know if that's good luck, bad luck. Depending on different stages of the story, it's good luck, right? You've survived it, good luck. Bad luck, you tried for murder, death penalty. Good luck, you get out of it. Bad luck, you go to Australia. (laughs) Good luck, you get to Australia. Bad luck, you get to plague and die. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's not ideal, is it? None of it. But a hell of a story. Uh, Jesus. Uh, those who have read or seen The Life of Pi will know that the tiger in the story is called Richard Parker. Uh, thank you very much, Mark Trent, for that story that never got read out back in the day. I'm 99% certain it never got read out back in the day. But look, if, if you are if you are lost at sea, just give it a, <laughs> just give it a couple more days, all right? Just don't drink your seawater. Maybe just, you know, make do I'm with really... a diet of fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> the Pete Donaldson diet. I'm really glad that I I selected the words the plague for you to search yeah. so we could hear that story because that is a really yeah. good story. Like if I'd said a word like sandwich, the story would have been really but don't type it in. Well, I can see you type well, it. it. <laughs> I had well, a sandwich yesterday the... and it was good. Like, that's the level we, we literally would have started the email section this week with a lot of uh, with a story about a, a, a young lady who had left a sandwich behind a cupboard. So that would be that would have the been kind the of situation. Caliber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got a riveting, oh, yeah, action-packed yeah, yeah. tale of treachery, high seas, and the plague. And yeah, that and was far better than any sandwich-related story we could ever would, possibly look, have. If you're stuck at sea for a month, would you eat a sandwich that had been left behind a cupboard oh, is the oh. question. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, not. let's get out of here. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, where can people you. find your YouTube channel to watch? You, you, you've recently put out, or you are recently, you are very soon going to be putting out a video about uh, Tokyo's most famous modular and only modular uh, apartment building uh, that was designed in the 1970s to be uh, kind of uh, mm. able to sort of swap out apartments willy-nilly, the Nagakin uh, capsule uh, tower. An incredible construction. Give it a Google uh, and watch... Uh, and watch Chris's uh, YouTube video, which should be coming out tonight or tomorrow or something like that. Yeah, it'll be out tomorrow. But if you do Google it, make sure you watch my video and not someone else's. Um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, Brawl in Japan, check it out. But thanks for having me on the show, Pete. It's always a, a, a treasure. A tre- treasure? A treasure it's always a pleasure. a pleasure. I'm thinking treasure because we just had a story about a boat and Australia. <laughs> and when I think Australia, I think treasure. Yes, spiders. criminals. But thank you for having me on. It's been good fun, as always. No worries. All right, then. Well, I'm sure you'll be on before very long. Uh, and do listen to the Abronji Band podcast, one of our fine Stack stable mates. Uh, check that out at uh, stack.london. That's S-T-A-K dot London. Uh, we'll be back for more Luke and Pete show this Thursday. 
uh, only on this channel, the Luke and Pete Show. If you want to get to the show, as always, hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. We actually got through more emails than we usually do uh, hey. on this show. We usually don't have time because we natter Productivity. on. Productivity. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Have a cracking week. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.